0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Resting Batch Base, the only reality recap pod where when we talk about having the tough conversations, we mean asking, why the fuck are we still watching this shoot? <laughs> Damn, Paul, joined as always by my good friend, Gwen Kirby. And Gwen, how are you feeling today?
1: Oh, I'm doing all right, Daniel. I have a very important decision that I need to make right now. You see, I've got two deaf chocolates. One is dark chocolate and peanut butter. And one is dark chocolate and mint swirl. And I don't know which one to eat during this recording.
0: Given that you're going to nibble at it probably for the next three weeks, this is important decision. This is
1: important, is. yeah.
0: Um, I maybe would say...
1: Maybe, maybe peanut butter.
0: I would go with peanut butter because that was the worst of the two choices. And this is the worst episode <laughs> I've seen in a long time. Like, this is what I'll say to open... This was indeed a very special episode. It was three hours long, and I'm going to argue they actually needed that time because they managed to squeeze in just about every one of the worst shows, tropes, that this show traffics in, and we were able to get it all. Normally, we see the sad contestants staring at the water, contemplating walking in and drowning, and this week, that was me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this was... uh... I cannot believe when I was 45 minutes into the episode and, like, we were still talking about, like, fucking Ivan. What is happening? Oh, my God. And I gave up and I stopped taking notes, which means I had to watch the two hours over again this morning to prepare for this episode because this episode drained my will to live the first time I watched it.
0: Yeah, it was tough. I tried watching it, like, Thursday, and I got about 15 minutes in and I was like, nope, not now. (laughs) Not now. Anyway, so I guess all we're saying is, you know, we're not really doing an incredible job suggesting to the listeners that this one was really worth watching, but I'll just say, listen, we had to go through it, and you loyal listeners, you now have to go through it. And are yeah,
1: really selling the podcast, Dan. Um, yeah, good. This, but it's going to be great, everyone. Once I get some of this dark chocolate with peanut butter dove inside me.
0: I will say to you what Ivan kept yelling at Aaron, which is... Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. Okay, let's... Let's do this. As Raylan Givens says to Nikki Nikki Augustine before threatening to kill him in a limo, the sooner we get to it, the sooner we get through it, no reason delaying the unpleasantness. So that's our (laughs) justified quote of the week. Feel free to check that off your resting batch face bingo card. Okay, we're starting with Ivan and Aaron. So just a reminder, last week, Chelsea is sort of going out with Aaron, such as it is in this world. Aaron had given Chelsea his rose. And Ivan, after sort of telling Aaron that he was kind of just waiting for somebody new to come in, decides to have a conversation with Chelsea. They get along well. They have natural chemistry. They're both cute. They make out a little bit. Aaron sees this. And, of course, his first reaction is that this is an attack on him in some way, rather than having, you know being something that Chelsea needs to think about who she wants to be with. He throws a fuss fit. He's like, Ivan, come over here. Come over here. Ivan is like, no, I don't really (laughs) want to come over there. Why don't you come over here? And that's where we start. We start with like Aaron all up in Ivan's face. And I will say at the beginning of this, Ivan is the one who's looking sane. Yeah, He's like, he keeps saying, dude, keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. It's like, this is a bad look for you, bro. Just walk away. Just walk away, which seems reasonable. And man, all kinds of stuff just happens. First note I have here is that James is Aaron's only confidant. Yes. Which is devastating, I would say, in terms of what it reflects in terms of how Aaron is perceived on the island. And by island, I mean Mexico.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's that's not great. Um, I loved later in the episode where Chelsea is like, I never get to hang out with Aaron because he's always just hanging out with James. I feel like they are truly the love story of paradise. Uh, So, you know, James, of course, is like, oh, bro, bro, you just can't be disrespected like that, bro. And so then he goes to talk to Ivan, Ivan stays sane, and then CSI.
0: Yeah, all kinds of stuff happens.
1: Paradise fucking kicks off. We
0: get a line from Mari where she says, it's important to make sure the stories line up, or else someone is lying. And it's just occurring to me, like, how much better this season would be if somebody had been murdered, (laughs) <laughs> all of these people had to try to figure out who it was I mean a lot of people there's some there's some actually some decent quotes here um, Natasha says I'm a little bit worried about Aaron because he's sort of going crazy and then Aaron at some point you know goes up is like talking this through with Riley, and Riley says, you want to smoke with me, bro? And I have to say, I, I most assuredly do not want to smoke with Riley, regardless of whether or not he's wearing the koala slippers, which the great shame is that is that he's not. I mean, there's some other great lines in here where like, Aaron is accusing Ivan of, quote, trying to make out with Chelsea. It's like, he succeeded. Yes. Also, a great moment from James, who once again is just a little late to the party, but in this case, he's about like, 40 years late to the party, vis-a-vis, like, basic notions of female agency, he's like, you know, you can't just leave, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, kind of have to let Chelsea decide.
1: It's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. No shit, dude. I mean, it's like, it's fucking fitting that, like, Chelsea is not even there for any of this while these two men, like, fight over their right to, to like, what, hang out on a daybed with her? Like, it's so fucking dumb, and everyone's like, oh, my God, like, is Aaron lying or is Ivan lying? It's like, who cares, dudes? So, it all, you know, it all hinges, then, on Ivan making the claim that his honor is intact because Chelsea pulled him. Uh, and then the Bachelor editors, clearly bored with this season, kind of, like, do, like, a dark-tinted, old-timey footage of watching Ivan pull Chelsea. Dun, dun, du. And it's revealed that Ivan lied. And I feel like lied is a very strong word. And it's going to reflect the really strong language that's going to follow everything oh Ivan does God. from this point out. All of which is just a wild overreaction. I mean, Natasha literally says it's heartbreaking. It's embarrassing. Which it is... Maybe embarrassing that you are all <laughs> behaving like this, but it is certainly not heartbreaking.
0: I will say the most telling moment of this entire fucking thing for me is so I think Aaron is talking with Chelsea, and this is where Chelsea reveals that Ivan had pulled her versus her pulling him, which is also like not a verb in real life in terms of these things, but whatever. Unless
1: you're British, because then it means to wank.
0: Thank you. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, has been, this has been Gwen's vocabulary minute. Anyway, anyway, that's, that's where we're at, eight Sorry, minutes into this. Everyone. It's okay, Sorry. it's going to be that kind of episode. Oh. But Aaron, this is actually kind of like haunting, is he says, like he's complaining about the whole thing, and what he says is, everyone laughed at me. And it just made me think of that Atwood quote, where it's yeah. like, you know, like, a woman's greatest fear is that a man is going to kill her, and a man's greatest fear is that a woman is going to laugh at him. And it's just kind of, like, spot on, just encapsulating his entire just creepy demeanor about all of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And, you know, the way he acts, you think, like, he'd never pulled and made out with anyone ever. And then at the end of this episode fucking makes out with Tia. I mean, he does not, the relationship is not the issue for Aaron. The issue is being embarrassed by a woman who is supposedly sort of under his ownership until he lets go of her. And it's it's distressing.
0: Yeah, I will say it was disappointing to me how Ivan handled this, only in that I just, I don't see the reason to lie. Like, I just no. out, especially because it's just Aaron. And it's yeah. also just a stupid show. Like, he should have been like, yeah, I did. I pulled her. She's dope. Like he should've just been like, you know, T-Bone in arrest development and Aaron is like, "Did you pull Chelsea?" He's be like, "Almost oh, definitely."
1: Almost oh, definitely. And it's yeah, like you broke
0: the code. You
1: broke that's the what code. I didn't understand. It was just like Chelsea's hot and very cool. Why would you not just be like, "Yeah, I just wanted to get a chance to know her better and then it turned into something." Okay, great. Boom. Like yeah. then it's just up to Chelsea, which is what it is anyway. I don't know. I've been I've been was spiraling and it only kind of gets worse from here.
0: I will say there's a pretty funny line in here that I think speaks to the ethos of the show a little bit, in which Serena says, I think Ivan was wrong. He was lying with no clear sense as to why, suggesting that if he had just been a little more intentional with his lying, we wouldn't <laughs> have any problem with it. And Aaron, of course, the fucking Don Quixote of this fucking paradise setup, Aaron is a sketchy guy. He's got, I'm so, Ivan's got no integrity. It's like.
1: I mean, I'll tell you what, the reason I was disappointed in Ivan was that it made it seem for a moment like Aaron was right. And that is heartbreaking and unacceptable.
0: Yeah, and okay, and 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 dear listeners who did not watch this, what's miraculous, and I mean truly, truly breathtaking, is that this was not even the stupidest part of this subplot.
1: No, it really wasn't. <laughs> So get, we go. Buck <laughs> your seatbelt, everyone. It's about to get stupider.
0: So we go to this rose ceremony where, oh my gosh, so Wells. Wells is like Tim Curry in Clue, sans <laughs> the whimsy. He's, anyway, and Wells is like, something has come up that we have to deal with first. And he pulls Ivan aside. He pulls Ivan out of this group right before they do this rose ceremony. And. My question, and this is just the wackiest interrogation I have ever seen. Like, two questions for you. One, do you think Wells has the credibility in this moment to be fucking Columbo? And, <laughs> and, and two, would you watch the spinoff of Wells as the detective?
1: <laughs> Look, we've already established that Wells has my rose. So the answer to that second question is absolutely yes. The answer to the first question is just that, like... Ivan knows what he's done. Wells knows what Ivan has done. Everyone knows what everyone has done. And so they have to like put on this little play. But it's such a stupid like.
0: Okay, let's go through it though. Let's go through it the way that we as the listener, the viewers received it. Which is to say the assumption that Ivan had potentially killed somebody.
1: (laughs) Murdered someone in this hotel during the hurricane. Yeah.
0: So yeah. it starts with, like, Noah, you were his roommate. Did, he, did you see him do anything? And Noah's like, I just, we were just talking, and then I went to sleep, and I don't know what happened after that. The bigger issue is that there's been the full-on return of Noah's mustache. Like, he yeah. showed up Ooh. on Tasha's season with a bad mustache, and he's been warding it off, but it's back
1: it's really back that was disappointing to see I was hoping for better for Noah but here he is
0: then somebody else in the chorus is like I just hope Ivan didn't do anything stupid and it's like at this point you're assuming that he like not only like snuck out of the hotel that he got a bunch of cocaine
1: that he (laughs) brought it
0: back and he was just like I don't know like doing lines off the charcuterie board (laughs) that they used to
1: bring in the roses like what even could you do yeah, but then it turned out that the coke was, like, bad coke, and he'd ended up accidentally killing Paulie with it, and so he'd had to, like, smuggle the body away. Like, the, this is the level of seriousness, dear listener, that this was treated with.
0: I have Ivan's confession here verbatim if we think we're ready for this.
1: Oh, let's do it.
0: I was feeling lost, and I didn't know where to go. So last night, I did spend some time with Alexa at the hotel and for the listeners no that's not just the fucking amazon widget (laughs) it's this chick who was on peter's season who was cute but got bounced early i don't know if she ever even talked
1: yeah i don't remember this person
0: i had to look her up but evidently she's been at the hotel being like waiting for her opportunity to come on to paradise ivan found like what room she was in off a producer's phone somehow
1: There's like no way. A producer had to have told him. There's no way. Like, his story was like a phone was just sitting there, and the list of where everyone was staying was just there. Like, no one's phone doesn't have a lock mechanism on it. The producer didn't just wander off and leave their unlocked phone sitting there. And then, like, a producer clearly told Ivan.
0: Anyway, so... The big transgression that everybody is is speaking about as if Ivan has killed Mr. Body in the fucking conservatory with the charcuterie board <laughs> <laughs> is that Ivan hung out with and probably moderately hooked up with this girl Alexa who was not on the show yet. And Wells' response to this, quote, Do you understand the gravity of this? <laughs> and I will say, dear listeners, I do not.
1: I do not. I do not. And then Ivan says, I'll have to live with this for the rest of my life. Which is a little much, <laughs> I think. Uh, he just, like, hung out with some person during a bad drizzle.
0: This was so I, weird. I
1: just so... <laughs>
0: <just> think about <laughs> it. This is so weird. I Ivan says, I shouldn't have gone around the system. And I would just say, it's like, this is such weird culty bullshit this idea of like they control who dates who dates who a lot of weird stuff happens after that i will just say the person who looks the weirdest to me is riley who like grabs him by the shoulders and says you and me are better than that we need to be better men and riley is like clearly visibly upset and it's like crying that ivan did this and it's like this is not a big deal this is nothing
1: no, this doesn't matter. And then they make him do his public confession. So I've been I've been listening to a podcast about the history of England lately. Yeah, is that uh, where you got the wanking? Oh no, I already knew that from many other media that I consume. Uh, I consume too much British media, everyone. But. You know, right now we're in the 1500s and all these people are being burned to death at the stake because they will not recant their Protestantism. And that was kind of how I felt like the vibes for Ivan were right there. I felt like if he just admitted that the Pope was the true agent of God, they would have like let him get back in line at the rose ceremony. But alas, away to the flames for Ivan.
0: When did Anglicanism start then?
1: I don't know what Anglicanism, but it's the it's the Protestist, Protestants versus the Catholics in the middle of the fifteen hundreds. I huh. mean, it was being newly called Protestantism. It was sort of called like evangelical like reform. Anyway. I, everyone, everyone was really, yeah, listeners, aren't you happy to be here? Look, it wasn't good, man. Recant, recant.
0: I mean, I at the moment need to decant something, but anyway. So, I mean, there's also just, like, a, one thing that was pleasing right before Ivan gives his speech, there are back-to-back shots of a very tall bird with interesting neck patterns that I guess is is meant to create the mood for his confession. <laughs> and I will say there is this, this is, this, is, this is Ivan's last moment, does not handle this with immense grace. He, like, tries to apologize to Chelsea and awkwardly says, just like, if you had given me your rose, I would have rejected it. Which is just like a weird way to go out, just being like, yeah, I was going to reject you.
1: It's so unnecessary. Like, why would you say that? Why would you not just be like, hey, I'm sorry, see you in LA? Like, why would you be like, yeah, well, I, was, I didn't want you anyway. Like, so stupid, Ivan.
0: Anyway, I mean, he fell on the sword. I, I wonder how much of this is just like, you have to fall on the sword to remain in the brand. Like at, I no, so, yeah. at no point could he just be like, yeah, this doesn't actually matter. We're all just hanging on the beach. That was a hotel. It wasn't really a storm. Who cares? Like he, he had to, he had to fall on the sword in order to potentially be like in future bachelor stuff, but just Ivan, you're better than all of this. Just, just go meet somebody in, in human life.
1: Yeah, I concur. It was, you know, farewell to Ivan for now. He pretended like this was a serious thing because he hopes maybe he'll be invited back again. Core okay. went out for Ivan, and we go to the rose ceremony. We go to
0: the rose ceremony, of which there's there's only two potential moments of drama. One is will Tia pick Blake or James? Remember, Blake is the person who is attractive but didn't do enough work. James is the idiot who painted something. <laughs> so we go through it. Joe picks Serena. Uh, Ser- wait, no, women have the roses. Serena picks Joe. Obviously, Abigail picks Noah. Marissa picks Riley. Marie picks Kenny. Becca picks Thomas, Um, Chelsea picks Aaron with this thing where she's like, you know, we haven't really, I want to explore this with him. We haven't been able to explore it because of Ivan's choices. I'm just like, you guys have a lot of free time.
1: Oh, so much free time. (laughs) Like you like talked to Ivan and like made out with Ivan, I don't know, 15 minutes you're there. The days are long on the beach. Like this is so stupid. Also, like Ivan didn't abduct you, Chelsea. <laughs> like you went with him because you wanted to, and then made out with him because you wanted to. Like Ivan's choices. He didn't tie you to the railroad tracks. So fucking stupid.
0: It is so fucking stupid. And and honestly, also, so Natasha picks Ed instead of Doctor Joe, which is not surprising considering all of the nonsense with Brendan and all of that kind of stuff. But she does utter a line, which is to me, the final demarcation. All sharks have been jumped. There is no going back. When she utters the words, I think that Ed is worth fighting for. And that's it. It's over. There's no coming back for any of
1: us. Done. Wrap it up. Season's (laughs) over. We've reached the end. Yeah. I. It's uh, ridiculous. I mean, I will say a real moment of happiness for me in this was when Tia picked James. I never expected to be rooting for James in any scenario, but Blake seemed like an entitled douchebag, and I'm glad he was kicked to the curb.
0: And Tia offers James the words that every man wants to hear from the woman he loves. This was a hard decision for me, but your effort is appreciated.
1: Oh, wow. Well, being damning with faint praise there from Tia. Um, But, you know, remarkably good decision making from Tia. The vagina dancing guy just was a dick and she, she has opted not to do that. Props to you, Tia.
0: All right. So we get to the next day and they're waiting to find out who their new host is. And their new host is Wells.
1: Woo!
0: In a oh, so you, you enjoyed this? Yeah. You like this reveal of that they were out of host money?
1: I Okay, one, I would like to just quickly point out that it's ridiculous that they had four hosts of this stupid show and not one of them was a woman. Fair. Putting that out there in the world. Two, yes, I love Wells. And I wanted Wells to be the host of the show. And now it's going to be fucking Jesse Palmer, who I couldn't give a shit about. And I'm very disappointed.
0: You know, what's weird is that I know that name. I mean, he was a quarterback for Florida. Um,
1: yes, and then he was The Bachelor. What was he? Many I didn't I never is, saw that season.
0: He is the least football-wise, the least football successful of three Palmer brothers.
1: Oh. Um
0: but we'll leave the history of the Palmer brothers to next week to mix in with the history of being burned at the stake in England.
1: <laughs> it's good, a lot of good content here.
0: Anyway. But I will say a great line from Wells, though, where he, you know, somebody is somebody is like, you know, like, oh, no, Thomas is very excited. It's like, Wells, it just feels right that he's the host. No one has a better perspective. But Wells says, I don't want anyone to freak out. I'll still be tending bar. And I feel like (laughs) is that what is that what you told everybody at Sewanee when when you became the associate director?
1: (sighs) Yeah, there was a lot of anxiety. People were like, who? Is gonna make up drinks in the French house. And I was like, don't worry, everyone. I will still be there, which is truer than it ought to be. Uh, so, yeah, so then we get to a part of the episode that I actually was really looking forward to, which was Kenny attempting to weasel his way out of his relationship with Mari. <laughs> this I found pretty goddamn funny. It says, it scares me that it already feels fizzled. There's no passion right now. A reminder, these two people have been dating for, like, two weeks, and Kenny is bored. He sees engagement on the horizon, and he wants to flee.
0: If only there were some middle ground between never seeing a person ever again and getting
1: engaged. God, I mean, if only there were, but, you know, there isn't, so that's too bad. You either leave engaged or one of you is killed.
0: We'll We'll come back to this truly upsetting arc of Mari and Kenny in this episode. But there's a fantastic moment that happens right after this where we come back from commercial. And at first the shot is on a very bright parrot. Mm. And then you just see Marissa and she says, ooh, look at that back. And I legit thought for a second that she was talking about the parrot. (laughs) But unfortunately she was just like gooing and guying over watching the men work out on the beach. So we then get a new arrival as we knew is is going to have to happen because the math must always... Um, create tension. And it's somebody named Anna from Matt's season.
1: Yeah. I was very surprised to see Anna back, um, given the way that she went out on Matt's season. Do
0: you want to tell us what that was? Because I was already done watching at that point, because frankly, it's only us doing a podcast that gets me
1: through (laughs) these seasons. Yes. So Anna on her season, basically, says that one of the women there um, is a sex worker back in Chicago. She has no evidence to back that up. Uh, She just says she heard from someone who said that this woman basically had sex with rich men for money. And she spread this rumor all around bullying this poor woman whose reputation was smeared on national television. And then she was kicked off the show. So, I was like, seemed a little bit in bad taste when her date card started with, the rumors are true.
0: Oh man, I gotta tell you, I did not know any of that. I just thought it was weird because she shows up, she says, I'm known for being mean, but I've had a lot of therapy and I'm feeling better. Like, okay. And she literally said, brought pheromones, which is that a thing? Like those are naturally created, I thought.
1: I don't know. I guess maybe you could... I have no idea. I don't... I've never tried to do that to attract anyone to me.
0: I just... This is very strange to me. I mean, I don't know how any of this works. I would think the editors would have cut that stuff off because they didn't want to get sued.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, she just was basically like, oh, I hurt... Uh, yeah, so it it was bad. And mind you, she did not use respectful terminology like sex worker. That was added Jesus. by me. Yeah, no, it was quite... It was the kind of thing where it wasn't like, you know, I don't know, they... She, like, cried over some champagne. Like, it was like she, like, did some, like, pretty reprehensible Man. stuff. So I was surprised to see her back. I did not see so that coming. We're probably
0: going to have different feelings then, or at least you probably had different feelings watching this than I did. So she, like, she pulls Kenny, and Kenny says he couldn't go on a date with her because, though I have written down here, loyalty, question mark, or exhaustion. As
1: <laughs> exhaustion. to why, Ken-
0: <laughs> so why Kenny is not going to go on a date with Anna. Thomas is just too into Becca, which respect. And then she pulls James, which is smart. She's got a better chance. And I will say this for Tia, at least. Like, Tia does not feel betrayed that James goes on a date. Like, A, she went on a date with Blake. B, she literally was just like, I'm choosing you because you tried and he didn't. So Anna's going on this date. And here's what I want to say about this date before you say anything. And I know that yeah, – I don't know if you'll even have anything left to say. But I literally – so they go to a, to get massages. Like there's like they're at a spa. It shows massage tables, and I literally wrote down here because I am a fucking idiot. (laughs) I am excited that we can have partial nudity without any food involved.
1: Famous last words.
0: Famous last words. Famous last words.
1: Do you want to
0: describe this date in a way that only you can?
1: I mean, what is there left to say? Daniel. Like, what? So they're like, oh, you're gonna get to have a massage. And so instead, they uncover what is basically a sandbox, but the sandbox is full of cinnamon and sugar, and there are pitchers of chocolate syrup, which I don't even, like, why would you be dipping your churro in chocolate syrup? I mean, I don't... You buried the lead,
0: which is that they are going to, quote, become human churros. Yes, they're
1: gonna become human churros, which... It's not a thing. So, you know, as one of them says, you know, they're trying to be like, this is going to be fun. They're like, well, you can always get a massage, but you can't always become a live human churro. That's because no one wants to be a live human churro. Because it's not a thing. This is extra
0: weird because they've literally just met. Like, say what you will, and we have, about how gross what happened between Kenny and Mari was. But, like, they have fucked Yes. They are in the business of licking each other. Yes. These two people have just met. They by all I, they, they showed us no shots of them kissing, or I mean, which makes sense. They they don't know each other. They're yes. not going to lick sugar off each other's bodies without being really wasted. Yeah,
1: they've like just met, and this isn't even the part that I would like the least
0: in this date. Which was they get to shower off the churro shit, then they lie on their stomachs and have giant snakes put uh, on their backs. Like, what the... Where
1: are why, we? What is going why? on? I don't know. If they just, like, run... Out. I just feel like... Also, just, like... I mean, the cultural appropriation in this episode only gets worse. Oh, my like, God. Boy, now does we're it. just, like, turning people into popular Mexican street foods. <laughs> like, we've gone from tacos to churros... Like, what are we – is the next date going to be, like, a human quesadilla? Like, just, like, what are we – what are we doing? And, yeah, I'm not letting some fucking python, like, wriggle around on my back.
0: I did like the moment, though, where she's covered still in chocolate and sugar and is doing a a talking head. I mean, and she looks like she just walked off the stage from Carrie, and she just says of James, he makes me feel safe. They they then have a revealing – they, you know, talk about each other's lives, and he is – It's actually remarkable that he, you know, we find out he was born in London. He lived for a while in Tokyo. It is impressive how much he has traveled, considering how provincial and stupid he seems. Um, (laughs) But he is currently living in La Jolla. And I I wonder if you can maybe, being a San Diego expert, explain, like, why are all of these... Is there a new thing where all of these L.A. camera whores are migrating a little further south? Is this the new spot? Is it like you come for the sea lions and you stay... For the Bachelor exposure? What's going on with fucking Lajala?
1: I don't know. I don't I don't associate Lajala with this. I associate Lajala with old rich white people, not young, up-and-coming rich white people. I don't... So, I got I got nothing. This is not the Lajala of my youth.
0: I just feel like 50% of the people from Bachelor in Paradise and or Temptation, Temptation Island, Island were hanging out in La Jolla, though. I don't know. It's unclear to me. I have to dig... Down. I've... I've unfollowed all the Temptation Island people on Instagram. I'm going to have to dig back in to see if Corey is still a concierge. <laughs> anyway, what's... So what I was going to say is I, in this moment, felt surprisingly good for James in this sort mm-hmm. of, like, you know, sweet puppy dog energy where somebody finally, like, chooses him and likes him. Even if he was her third choice, like, for him, that's, like, aces.
1: Yeah, I was happy for him, you know? It was like, Even
0: though you don't like Anna.
1: Well, I... I... I'm not a big fan of women who go on television and then accuse other women of doing sex work based on no evidence and also treating sex work like it's something to be ashamed of. On the other hand, maybe Anna has worked on herself now and knows that was wrong. So I'm trying to be neutral. That's
0: very that's very big of you. Well, we, Anna is not the only person to come in and have a really stupid date. So we we get somebody called McKenna, who actually was very briefly here. She was at the world's stupidest junior high school dance, but I guess didn't make enough of a connection with anybody that she wasn't allowed to come to the beach the way that Chelsea was.
1: Yeah, she, and I remember her from Peter's season.
0: Yeah, I remember her face. I don't remember anything she's ever said or done. She comes in, she says, nothing is going to hold me back. And it just made me think of Dwight Schrute <laughs> on the job market. The only thing <laughs> in front of me is everything. It's everything. <laughs> so... She pulls Thomas, no dice, he's with Becca. Riley, no dice, he's with Marissa. Ed, seemingly no dice, he's with Natasha. And Aaron. And Aaron, it seems like she makes a connection with McKenna at one point. And again, if we hadn't lived in a world where Natasha had already said that Ed is worth fighting for, her saying Aaron is all that I see would be the final breaking point for me with this whole dumb show. But whatever. Anyway, so she wants to go on a date with Aaron. And this is astonishing because she says, Aaron, would you go on this date? In all of these – the whole point of the pulling somebody before doing a date thing is like in clue where you like – before you do a, a full accusation, you suspect and you learn things, right? <laughs> so like McKenna asked Thomas straight up like, would you go on a date with me if I asked you? And he said, no, I'm with Becca. Same thing with Riley, et cetera. So I don't know what happened in her conversation with Aaron because then Aaron says weirdly as everybody pulls out, she says, Aaron, did you go on this date with me? And he goes, yeah, can we chat for a second? And then he says he won't go on a date, which then leads her to just breaking down. And I have to say, her crying on the beach about Aaron not going on this date with her is the perfect representation of the show, which is that a person that I do not know is crying about absolutely nothing, and I do not give a shit.
1: (laughs) I did not care. I didn't really understand. And then, weirdly, Ed has to come like talk her down. Which Ed is
0: is the I have written down here. I have written down here. Ed plays the shirtless hero. He makes the case, and again, this is just such beautiful romance from the episode, which already gave us. I appreciate your effort. We get going on a date with me would be better than hanging out at the hotel because you can't fly out tonight anyway.
1: I love that. I will say, Ed is a bit of a lunkhead sometimes. But I was like, Ed is the voice of reason. I never thought I'd have to say that. But he's like, you know, like, come on. We'll, like, hang out. And then she, like, dithers a bunch because she's, I don't. She's very upset for reasons that I don't really understand. But
0: Anyway, she goes on She was on a
1: crier on Peter's season, too.
0: Well, she she goes on, which is weird because I watched that whole season and do not remember a single thing she did or said. But then again, that was a long time ago. That was like pre-pandemic, maybe. It was. Yes, it was the last because, two, it, because yeah. they were so excited because they had to feign excitement when they were like, we're going to Cleveland!
1: Cleveland. Woo! Yeah, no, defend, this was the, the last season before the pandemic was Peter's.
0: As somebody who's fairly excited to go to Cincinnati this week, I guess I'm I'm in, no, I'm in no position to argue. Anyway, Gwen, you're, as this podcast goes, divisional labor, you're in charge of describing and <laughs> evaluating different dates, especially if they involve any kind of outdoor activity. Do you want to just explain where the fuck they were rollerblading? Like, what was this date even? And did you find it acceptable?
1: Okay, well, I can't say what they're doing. I'm still genuinely confused about where they were. Like, was this like a empty – like, where, it, where, it, are, where, where were they? It looked he? to me
0: like they were asked to put on rollerblades and then rollerblade literally around the first floor of a hotel until they located the multi-purpose room in which some half-assed disco balls had been affixed to the ceiling. And they could sit down. Like, they were rollerblading on, like, it looked like linoleum and marble. Like, I'm amazed that they didn't faceplant or that they did, that the wounds were not visible on television.
1: Admittedly, that was the thing. I couldn't enjoy this date because I just kept thinking about, like, I was like, they should be wearing knee pads. Elbow pads, wrist guards, helmets. Like they if work. you fall, oh, were they? I they did, it was. I was so stressed. Like that marble floor, you fall down and like break a bone.
0: Yeah, they had wrist did. guards on though. I did. Oh, I did note that.
1: Did they have like helmets? No, they the had
0: the full thing, which makes sense. Okay,
1: like, that's. I'm good. sure for
0: like weird television liability purposes too, but no, like, no.
1: Well, But okay. they did. They
0: did. But like, it was just really weird. I kept thinking they were gonna get to a roller rink, but it's yeah. a pandemic, and they're just in Mexico. They just had them rollerblade around the fucking lobby hotel. And it was making me think that like the fun maybe the funnest job in the world is to be the producer on this show. Because you can <laughs> get these motherfuckers to do, to do absolutely anything.
1: anything. I mean, we've already, like, we've we've now passed human churro. So like the, all bets are off. Anything you want to do is <laughs> fine. I liked that the wheels of the rollerblades light up to be a bunch of different colors. And that is how little I'm asking of dates at this point.
0: Anyway, McKenna, McKenna seems to warm to Ed, they make out, et cetera. And as is required, Natasha considers the water. And what I will say in her defense here is that what I do think separates this from a lot of different situations is that Ed was not even asked on a date. <laughs> Ed, who like, again, Natasha just gave him her rose over Dr. Joe Ed volunteered himself. He took off his shirt. He walked <laughs> down to the beach to console this crying girl. And then he went on the stupidest roller dating, rollerblading date in history with her. So I can understand why Natasha might consider the water.
1: Also, I feel like Natasha's just like, are we done yet? Yeah. She doesn't she doesn't know that in fact she is the great winner of Bachelor in Paradise. So she's she's gonna be real pleased at this point. But
0: in the immortal words of Bell and Sebastian. Get me away from here. I'm dying. <laughs> I will say that we do have this funny conversation too. Serena and Joe seem like of all of these couples, if they're being edited, certainly it's the most likely to get engaged, the most likely to actually survive this. Serena does drop this bomb that I was not aware of, that they live in different countries.
1: Yeah, which, she's Canadian. Yeah,
0: I looked it up. She's in Toronto, which having actually done the Chicago to Toronto drive, I mean, it's not amazing, but that is certainly a short flight. Um, So, and most importantly, it shows that she is willing to be somewhere cold. So, like, honestly, like, Toronto has way more in common with Chicago than any coastal American, west coast American city.
1: Yeah, facts. I think her being Canadian is a good sign. I think her being, like, a 23-year-old Instagram influencer <laughs> who I pursued- <laughs> wants to move to somewhere that's not toronto or chicago is gonna be more of a challenge but you know you know you don't know you don't know
0: okay. okay we gotta we now let's just get through this yeah there, we gotta
1: speed this shit up i cannot believe we're at 40 minutes oh already. my god
0: i have this next section just titled kenny Murray and the priestess no so today in cultural appropriation here's what i have written so let's just quickly describe it a woman shows up in sort of in in wearing indigenous garb. She asks for Kenny and Mari specifically, and she says in Spanish, translated thankfully by Mari, that she is here to like cleanse the energy. And I just have written down here, I hope this woman is getting paid one billion dollars.
1: So much Money. I hope this, he's getting paid all the money in the world. And I have
0: also I have never felt more sympathy for Kenny than in this moment where he is being pulled into non-consensual, culturally appropriate group therapy. And
1: he has no choice either. Like in this in the situation with the with the Bruja, and I feel I feel wrong even just engaging with this, but he can't be like, look, like, all right, so you you've rubbed the candles on me and that's great but like actually I, s- I still don't want to do this like he's just stuck he has to be like yeah I guess I mean and he literally he says you know they're telling each other how they feel and he's like yeah I just feel like we have a connection of some sort so like you know <laughs> poet scholar lover <laughs> written in the star you're just like oh my oh my lord oh my God, Jesus
0: uh, yeah, anyway, I mean, obviously Mari says she thinks it's working and this is, like, what they needed. I mean, again, not only they, – they, they, they have to say that this is working not only for the, like, context of their relationship but also because they don't want to be dicks to this woman.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like you don't have a choice. You can't be, like, actually – that made no difference whatsoever. Yeah. And we're, like you just, you're like, you're being held hostage. Like more, not by the, just by the producers.
0: More power to anybody's spirituality. Like my wife is into a lot of shit that seems silly to me. Well, so silly again makes is dismissive, but just is like not my thing at all. And thankfully she has never dragged me to like a fucking tarot reading or to like the fucking Ouija board or whatever, because that's kind of fucked up. Like that's imposing her stuff on me and you know hopefully I'm not too much of a dick imposing my stuff on her, you know, non non-football related. But like, this is just gross. Anyway, I just want to move on. If you're interested in seeing this, feel free to pull up the episode. It takes place somewhere in the third hour.
1: <laughs> God, it takes so long. Okay,
0: okay, okay. We're moving on. We're moving on. If you feel that we didn't give proper weight in this podcast to This segment, feel free to contact us at Batch underscore (laughs) Face on Twitter or at RestingBatchFace at Gmail.
1: Oh, yes. Please reach out. We will
0: hear your complaints. All right. So this is almost fun, this last part, the Paradise Prom. And they're doing 80s night, which at first is alarming to me because these kids are all born in the 90s, basically, except like Grocery Joe and Kenny. I know. And – I get just a fantastic line from Becca in here, which is, "If I don't have a side pony and shoulder poofs, I'm gonna be pissed." (laughs) Which is exactly the energy that we need. I've I've been very pleased by Becca. I feel that she has been like, she has been an excellent narrator and has not been too much of a fuss pot. I guess because she's just been so ingrained in this world, and this shit seems so much lower stakes compared to being the Bachelorette.
1: I mean, yeah, Becca's just good at what she does and she's, she's delightful. She's fun to have on my screen. And I have to admit, I was like, for one minute, I was like, oh, an 80s prom, that's dumb. And then I was like, I'd cut a bitch to put on a dumbass outfit and like go bop around with my friends to some 80s music. Like, I'm not too, I'm not too good for this. If we did like the creative writing Cincinnati PhD reunion and I got to wear a side pony and poofy, poofy sleeves. I mean, shit. That sounds like a party I might have hosted in my apartment at some point in Cincinnati. So, i I got I got no shade on this activity. I'm jelly. Would do ten out of ten.
0: There's also there's actually it's moderately fun in the beginning where like people ask people to prom. Um, the problem is that there's only so many ways to do it. So like Grocery Joe beats everyone at the punch and like writes prom question mark on the sand in which was the letters. best way. Good job, well, Joe. I actually want to give Riley the award for my favorite. My favorite prom proposal because it involved a giant teddy bear. It's I don't know huge. where I don't know where he got it, but it's
1: huge. It's I like the sex that. of Marissa. I really liked the the footage of her like having to carry it as they walked away. It was enormous. Yeah,
0: though this is not at all surprising. It seems Aaron does not even ask Chelsea to this prom, and Chelsea complains about this in exactly the way you said. I want to have fun with Aaron, but he just wants to have fun with James. Where it's like, look, only go halfway. Like, if, again, the scandal of this episode had been that Aaron and James had been caught, like, fucking in a closet at the hotel during the fake, the fake hurricane, that would have been amazing. That
1: would you know? have been amazing. And I would be, I'd stand behind them. I'd stand behind their love yeah. all the way.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, that's the smoke bros we need. Anyway, They um, the other two things that seem relevant here, one is Natasha is sick. Which, like, I get that. I I feel that in my stomach as well. So she's not going to the prom, um, which I guess saves Ed from having to reject her prematurely because he seems like he's very into Anna. And Tia says she feels single as fuck, and she's crying and is having her full-on all-out. I mean, I just think of the Chipmunks episode, you know, It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To, in which there's that, that... poor little chipmunk girl gets jilted in some way that i can't completely remember but anyway we go to this prom with 10 guys and 11 girls and tia at the start is the odd the odd woman out i mean do you want to describe this band this setting
1: i mean now i just feel like i'm in the bag for this prom so i don't even know i thought there was a pretty decent looking snack spread (laughs) um i was impressed by that uh, you know, live band playing 80s covers, which, um, you know, I guess if I were stuck on an island where I wasn't allowed to listen to music or read or do any of those things, I'd probably be pretty jammed up with. And then they dance around. So it's, you know, it's I will say also they set the bar so low at that first party yeah. that this looked like a fucking blowout extravaganza in comparison.
0: All right. So we have two notes of drama and we were already... For us, we're at, like, the 45-minute mark, so let's let's get to them. Something pretty random happens. Aaron, who's supposed to be here with Chelsea and just basically tried to challenge Ivan to a fucking duel about <laughs> Chelsea, is ignoring Chelsea and then pulls Tia, takes her outside, gives her the corsage.
1: I know, slapping the fucking face with that.
0: And then makes out with her.
1: And then makes out with her. I mean, I wish... Out of the blue. Yeah. Are they, like, what? I was really, like, I, I literally was, like, did I get so bored that I missed something huge prior to this? Like, I spaced out. But no, gentle reader, I did not. Um, mad Respect to Tia basically being dressed up as a, um, as a ladybug. That dress <laughs> yeah. was pretty great. Uh, but, yeah, I that was... So random and, you know, pretty telling about how much Aaron cares about, like, loyalty or sticking with your partner the minute he has a rose. That's all I'm here to say.
0: Chelsea has an amazing line. In fact, it's a sequence of three lines. As far as I'm concerned, he can kick rocks. Pause. He
1: fucked my prom!
0: Pause. Lame.
1: Although, I feel like you didn't give her enough credit there. She says that he can kick rocks barefoot.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. But I just love the, mo- the movement in Register from he can go kick rocks to he fucked my prom.
1: But I, what, what I really like about Chelsea in this moment is that she's just like, I just wanted to have a fucking good time tonight. She's not like, I loved Aaron or like, I thought Aaron and I were going to be together. Like, Chelsea strikes me as being very clear-eyed about this whole situation. Sure. And she's just like... I thought I was going to make out with a hot dude all night in this fun dress, and now I don't get to, and that's fucked up. And I'm with her. That sucks.
0: So the other drama, I mean, I guess we're supposed to care more because they've been here from the beginning, but Abigail and Noah. So earlier in the episode, again, I mean, they're always going on about how, like, they need to have the tough conversations, and they have to really, like, step things up. And he, it feels kind of like, I guess, just, pretty obligatorily tells her that he thinks he's falling in love with her, which again is a step on the the, the, the path that that these people go on.
1: And he does it in the middle of a speech that's so basically like bachelor word salad. Yeah. Like it's like he's like journey the process transparent. Real yes. world. I mean, I bet you didn't even notice when he put falling in love with you in there. It was just like one of the 80 different Bachelor phrases he said.
0: Noah, like so many before him, has joined the Nicole from Temptation Island All-Stars. And that he has <laughs> kind of fucked up his
1: journey. He's kind of fucked up his journey, yeah.
0: Anyway, he now is just in a different word salad. Which, I will say, what he's saying is true, right? He's basically trying to find a way in the parlance of The Bachelor to say... You can enjoy hanging out with someone on a television show and not wanting to marry them. Yeah. And again, tragically, there's no middle ground. But I actually don't know where either of these people live. So, I, I mean, ostensibly, maybe they can't really hang out. Also, his mustache is back. So maybe that's distracted. just taking control of his brain.
1: And I realized it was an 80s-themed party, but I blamed him for their shirt and suspenders anyway.
0: Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about blame here. And here's where I want to... I want to <laughs> Here's where I want to throw the blame for something. And this has been bugging me all season. It's just time. I blame Grey's Anatomy. Can we stop with the fucking my person discourse for just 10 seconds? He manages to call, like, reference his person 30 times in a five-minute speech about how she is not his person.
1: Wait, is this from Grey's Anatomy?
0: I think that's where that shit came from. That's been explained to me. By oh, I
1: mean, I believe you. I would not know. I I, I'd know. I i like to make an important public announcement on this podcast that there's not one person who's your person. Uh, you know, we all have lots of people, and that's important.
0: Like, I don't mind referring to myself as the dog's person.
1: Well, that's okay. I like
0: that better than the phrase, like, dog owner, and I like it way more better than, way better than, like, pet parent. But just everybody is looking for their person. Like, if you're an alien who's looking for a body to inhabit, I'm comfortable with that. (laughs) Anyway, Abigail says she's never been so blindsided that he's been giving her false promises. And in the moment that I have to say, it almost redeemed the three hours of absolute nonsense. She aggressively and loudly un the corsage.
1: I really enjoyed that. The, the podcast sound editor in me was like, oh man, they tried to tap the levels down on that one. They couldn't do it. She just rips that fucking thing off, which was great. And I will say, if she was blindsided, and I think she was, he took so goddamn long to break up with her that by the end of the speech, I feel like no one could possibly be blindsided.
0: Yeah. I mean, I will say she was like, can you stop saying that? Because he just kept saying that he's... He
1: kept saying it. And he's
0: worried she's not his person.
1: She's just like, I get it. Rip the bandaid off, Noah. Just break up with her. Jesus Christ. I mean,
0: again, I imagine this kind of thing, like, I don't know when the best time to do it. I guess the best time to do it is, like, after the show is over.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Or just, like, sneak off and have a conversation and be like, where are you actually at? (laughs) I mean,
1: I think, like, I think Abigail's not wrong. She's like, I think there's a point where she says, like, he didn't have to do that tonight. Yeah. And I think is is like Noah I think Noah said I'm falling in love with you because he thought that he had to and then he panicked. Instead of realizing I think that she would say it out of obligation too.
0: they and the, would decide
1: yeah. not to get engaged and then they would just leave the island or the fucking, fuck me, the beach and it would just fizzle out like I don't, he didn't need to like break up with yeah. her in he the gets, middle of the show.
0: He gets the Ronald Weasley award for like dude you don't have to fuck up her prom
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah. And now I assume next week everyone will have like a big dramatic cry about it.
0: I mean, next week everybody's going to have a big traumatic cry about everything. Facts. And in fact, I think we have to tease this. So it makes it very clear that Grocer Joe is going to propose to Serena. And somehow they're bringing Kendall back to the fucking beach.
1: I'm skeptical that he's actually going to propose to Serena. I think that they're just using a bunch of footage to make us think that. But I am very – if Kendall comes back, unless she comes back wearing a T-shirt that says, fine, I'll move to Chicago. (laughs) I don't – like, I I don't know. So I don't know. I've been played before by a Bachelor preview, but we should see what happens. That's
0: fair. I mean, we look like – again, for our five listeners, we look like fucking idiots because we really thought – they really made us think that what he had done in the hotel was with Chelsea. Yeah. That was not the case. Obviously, I've been. What happened in the in the in the hotels with some girl named Alexa, who um, is now not even coming to the beach. I'm sure she doesn't look great in the whole thing. She must be kind of pissed at him. But whatever. (laughs) Or maybe they're married. Who knows?
1: Or maybe they're. Yeah, we don't know. We don't care. We were wrong.
0: Anyway, this is just something. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. But a very exciting note for our our listeners is that I think we're going to try to do a live in person recording. when we're we're hanging out in Cincinnati so bring the uh, bring the mic
1: yeah there'll be no editing dance fidgeting out of that podcast (laughs) it'll just be all all fidgeting all ice clinking all the time Um, and I have a special announcement to make happy birthday to Claire from Pittsburgh it's your birthday on Monday and this podcast loves you very much
0: and for those who um, who want similar shout outs on your birthday again we can be found at Batch underscore face on Twitter or resting batchface at Gmail.
1: Yeah, you send in the check, we give out the birthday uh, congratulations, and you'd be
0: surprised so. how cheap we are. <laughs> really, just one little one little chocolate probably gets the job done.
1: I know. I'm still only halfway through this one, but I, the peanut butter and chocolate was a good choice.
0: <laughs> anyway, we just want to thank you for being here with us. This was this was a bad episode of television. This was. This, this, but this, I
1: had fun talking about it with yeah, you. Yeah,
0: if they could have done that in a type 15. <laughs> <laughs> but no Or so sure. again, if they honestly like if I had more acumen and time, I would kind of like to re-edit the first 45 minutes of this episode as a murder mystery. I, I, I just don't think it'd be that hard to just like to take the same dialogue and have it be about somebody being killed in that fucking hotel.
1: You definitely could. Well, join us next week for a live finale episode where we will talk about this show and probably soccer and possibly the burnings of um, Protestants in mid 1500s England. It's going to yes, be Yes, send
0: in your questions about burnings to to the Twitter and Gmail handles we've already we've already shout out. Anyway, have a great day everybody. Have a good day everyone.